We wrote an article that went viral and sparked a natural hair revolution. We are Elise and Aisha, moms to small humans, digital content creators, licensed hairstylists, brand agnostic, curl educators, and generally your snarky girlfriends with no filter. We're two women from the south side of Chicago taking the stupid out of natural hair. So on this episode of Curls Disrupted, we want to talk about why clients think they know more than you. (laughs) And why sometimes they're right. (laughs) Do you think that? I haven't seen them. (laughs) Well, let's just say maybe not us, but quite often Mm -hmm. clients go to the salon knowing more about their natural hair than the stylist does. Well, let's let's go back because we do talk about this and the Cutty Kinky um, Mastermind. We talk about how the client is a master of her hair. She's a master of what she thinks she knows about her hair. And she's a master of her own hair experience. Yes. Which but there's a difference. There's a total difference. Um, and it's up to us um, as professionals to actually introduce her to her hair like for real for real so she really Mm -hmm. gets to know her hair like on a level that she thought that she understood it but she really doesn't because here's why what we found over our years of working with consumers digitally and behind the chair most consumers have never actually felt what their clean bare hair actually feels like and they've never seen it either. Never. They they did. They, they had no clue. Like they had curls. Like I have curls. Like wait, my hair does this. Wait, it's a video. There's actually a video of a client that I just put up recently. Um, that kind of went viral too. It kind of did. Just I'm just coach. interested to see what happens this week. But there's a video of a client that I put up. I put it up in Instagram and I also put it up on Facebook. And it's like uh, this 14 year natural sees her curls. So 14 year cr- natural doesn't mean a 14 year old. Yes. That means she's been natural for 14 whole years. And never. Never, ever has seen a curl in her life. And so being able to introduce her to her new hair, because we took everything out of it, right? Being able to introduce her to her new hair, that she's kind of, no, she's never seen it. Because we have, there's times where clients, like, I've seen these curls, but. And they've seen these curls when they shampoo and they condition, but they don't know how to capture capture those curls afterwards. Yeah, absolutely. She had never seen her. That is like. She that, kind of, that breaks my heart. Yeah. Because what happens is, like mega summers, but stylists, we were so late to the game. We were. Because let's talk about I, The first time I went natural was 2003. And I in 2011. But in 2003, there was nothing. There was no marketing to naturals. There was no products on the market. So we just kind of like big chopped. And we use whatever shampoo, conditioner, and styling product to get whatever style. There was no pressure to do this specific routine. There was no, you've got to follow this 15-step method to do this twist out. You just kind of did hair. So you took what you knew about your relaxed hair that you what did what? Cleansed it, conditioned it, styled it, and you moved that over to natural hair. So fast forward... 10 years to 2013, there's all of these influencers and methods and steps and all day situations to make your natural hair do something 
that looked okay. But yet, still no curls in sight. Not <laughs> one. Like zero curls. And so it's being able to show somebody something they had never seen. You are you have now, like, this is a preschooler. You have a kindergartner sitting in your chair. I don't want to call a girl first. But, at, at, and it, well, when it comes to this, like, I, well, let's just say this. A they're novice. a newbie. They're, they're a novice. novice. They're yes, a novice. They're novice. Okay, oh, fine. Maybe. We'll take away kindergartner. <laughs> but you're helping them. They're like, they are a small child. You're helping them see and explore their hair and see it in ways they had never seen it before. Okay, so actually, I get that. Yeah, play around with it. I mean, this is what we do with small kids. We take them places like, ah, oh, just walk on a rock and, just, you know, the bees are out See, I haven't, gotten, I haven't gotten there yet. Oh. My child is like, I'm just going to be chilling. Nah, so that's all I was like. You guys, I, I have a boy. Is, I have a boy. This is good. They're like so, boys. They're all like boys. <laughs> you know? It's like, I'm willing to do it, but I've never experienced it before. So nerve. tell me what I need to do Absolutely. to enjoy it the most. So we get to show them. We get to introduce them to their curl. But... There was this entire segment of the natural hair market that grew up without professional guidance. Zero. That everybody was just figuring out their hair with what they had on hand. So back in 2003, folks knew that the guy on 87th Street that, showed, that sold the African uh, black soap and the raw shea butter. And they were like, okay, so I'm trying to get away from these products that cater to relaxed hair, my alternative is this black soap in this shea butter, so I'm gonna make it do what it do. Right. Because there were no products out there. And so this whole under counterculture started around natural hair. If, if you were if you're old school like me, <laughs> long hair care forum. I don't oh, even know wow. if it still exists today, but long hair care forum was my first exposure to natural hair being online. And for me, because I came in at 2011, I went directly to YouTube, and mm -hmm. I quickly realized that that was some hot garbage happening over there because I tried some of the things that they suggested, like co-washing, for example. I co did that only. I did that with 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 that Vo Five stuff that they sell at the <laughs> Dollar Tree. That's like a dollar and seventeen cents. I did that, and I was like, okay, I tried it first time. I did it. Hair was ashy. I'm like, okay, maybe I did something wrong. Tried it again. Hair still ashy. I say, you know what? Nope. The people over here don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> I took them with the coconut oil and I left everything else behind. But I was like, I was, I was in a hunt on a search for somebody who knew something. Like, where are like there has to be a professional? And I, I knew this very early. There had to be a professional that knew something. Like I knew early on, and we actually met when I first went natural. Like you met me around month five. Okay, so I, I met her around month five. I was fresh about a year and a half into my last big chop after a relaxer. Cause I used to be like, oh, I'm gonna be natural. Then I like, I really like Rihanna's hair. So I'm gonna like relax it and wear that cockatiel shortcut look. <laughs> and then I'm gonna go back natural and cut it off. And then I'm gonna like relax it and grow it long. I did, I did a bunch of stuff because my hair was an accessory. And so it wasn't that serious, but I liked being natural. I liked being relaxed. I never had bad experiences, so we can go back and forth. But when I decided to do this as a career, I was like, so the people probably won't listen to me if I get a relaxer. So I've been natural like continuously since 2010, but you're right, YouTube grew up and the people who had, and I'm gonna say this, the people who had genetically good, and I'm making all the air quotes right now, 
genetically good hair. Great DNA. Have great DNA, but they became popular because people were like, oh my gosh, if I do what she's showing me to do on this video, that means my hair was going to look like hers. I mean, exactly like it. And I was disappointed, though, because I knew for certain that my hair was going to look like Tracy Ellis Ross. Yes, I said Tracy Ellis Ross. And it's funny because after I realized my hair was, wasn't going to do those things, I made a meme. That went oh, viral. Yes. I was like, the, I, I, I was the you're queen. the viral queen. I am. I okay. am. I am the queen of viral, right? <laughs> if you ever saw the meme with a little girl being sad and said, I thought I was going to have hair like Tracy Ellis Ross, that was Aisha. It was me. I did Back not. In the day. I purposely did not tag that because I knew people would be pissed. And so I didn't tag it purposely. She should have. I should have, right? Tracy Ellis Ross actually shared it. She thought it was funny. <laughs> Um, but I and now she has a hair care line. But she has a hair care line. But I purposely didn't put my name on it because I didn't want people to be mad at me. Although that's what I spend about probably fifty percent of my time on the internet. People are upset with me. That's her career now. <laughs> she got over it apparently. I very much got over it. <laughs> but that was the introduction into people being mad at me. So I, I, you know, I knew early on that my hair wasn't going to look like that. And I came to terms with it, and I was just like, okay, I'm just let this hair do what it's gonna do. I still was on the hunt though for not necessarily like magical products or holy grails. I just wanted to be able to do my hair and then not take all day. Like that was my only goal. <laughs> like these eight-hour routines where you had to like soak your hair in this, and then you had to shampoo it in sections, and then you had to like mix up a smoothie and apply dessert I to your hair as your conditioner. Not. And then you had to like oil it with the oil that like Jesus blessed in the alabaster box. No, I was like, not. I was not doing. I was not. I was like, first of all, I have too much hair, so that was my one dilemma. Because if y'all don't understand, and you, we have videos on our Instagram at Black Girl Curls. Aisha has follicle on top of follicle on top of follicle of hair so she's super high density and i don't have and that. she has coarse hair listen when i first went natural i was broke so i was like <laughs> whatever's on sale at the walgreens because that's what the closest store to my house i didn't go to the beauty supply store because they didn't have the stuff that they had in walgreens like i bypassed the beauty supply store and went straight to walgreens because walgreens had all the stuff and i was like i'm not spending a lot of money on this because i don't know if it's gonna work and so I'm not I don't use, trust it yet. I don't trust it to like invest a bunch of money into it. Mm -hmm. um, and then once, you know, after, let's see, I, we met, but we didn't start working together until probably three years after that. Four, four years. Four years, because yeah. Four years after that. And when I got introduced to better quality products, when I started. And how to use them. It's and not when, about being afraid <laughs> of those higher quality products, it's understanding how different those formulations are, how you properly use them. The fact that you don't have to use so much of them, it takes the fear out of being able to use them. But that's a lot of times what consumers are thinking. Why am I going to spend that much money when there's so much else out here on the market mm -hmm. that I can just test and try and see and figure out? The whole zeitgeist of the natural hair community is I have to figure it out on my own. Yeah, and it's like, you know what? And that's what I'm big on telling people, period, on the internet. Nobody, I mean nobody, said you have to do it yourself. 
we do realize as a, as a profession, um, we did get to the conversation a little too late. Way but too late. It's a better late than never, though. <laughs> it's a it's a better late than never, but I, for us, but I think in the consumer mind, they don't know what we have done in cosmetology school. They're like, you have a license, you do hair, you should understand my hair as a natural, and if you do not, that means you're, you don't know what you're doing. And so a lot of times before natural hair became such a explosive market, they would just go sit in a stylist chair. And that stylist did not know what to do. And they were very nasty. They, a lot of people had very nasty experiences with stylists where they talked down to them. They told them they needed a relax or they needed a press or they needed some sort of chemical to tame their hair. That they, that stylist couldn't do anything with their hair unless they did something to tame it. So all of these really negative and sometimes even abusive experiences mm -hmm. turn into, no, 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 I will figure this out myself. And so many consumers have figured out what works for them. And what works for them as professionals, curl professionals now in 2019, we'll be like, oh, but it, it's the thing that they're comfortable with. Absolutely. Versus like, we know what the potential may be for your hair. But you're in this really comfortable spot as a consumer because you figured some things out that you've never been able to go to a stylist and see. So when a, a client actually gets the gall up, because it takes so much work a lot of times for a natural listen, to get the courage listen, we, to it's, sit it's, in a chair. This is And this is real life. Like, we know for a fact. When we ask clients, like, how did you find us? They're like, oh, I found you on Instagram. And I was like, oh, when did you find me? Oh, like, December of <laughs> Last 2016. <year. laughs> like, they are stalking uh, professionals for six, nine, 12, sometimes 18 months before they get up the courage to actually book that appointment. Because they want to be sure be so sure before they put their money up, before they give up their time. Um, before they get yet another terrible, bad, triggering experience in a salon they that they be didn't sure. pay for. They want to be sure that they're going to get what, they, what you said as a professional that you're going to give them. So this is a message, especially to the people who say they do natural hair. What? That's another time for another place. <laughs> Actually, but no, what? That's, that's another what, podcast. What, but seriously, though, we, we'll come back to it. But what natural hair do you do, though? Like, th there's so many types of natural hair. What do you do, number one? But as consumers, and it, I know y'all are listening, it's up to you to do your research to make that decision about who you're going to work with. Um, mm -hmm. you, you, you don't have to go to this one person or you don't have to use this directory or you don't have to use this locator to find people. You can actually like search on Instagram or even Google to and find, or ask the girl that you see with the bomb ass hair. Like girl, who, who did your hair? Who, no, seriously, I need her number. Where does she live? And wait, wait, let's talk about that. Don't ask what products did she use. Please don't. That's, that's not going to get you her hair. Ask her who did her hair and who inspired her to use what she used. Now, you, might not, get a, you not, might not get an answer that works for you, but that's a better question to ask. But knowing that the consumer has had a very specific experience when it comes to professionals, and so when someone has decided to trust you, stalk you, research you, 
and finally got the courage and the coins up to sit in your chair, there is such an expectation. This is not to give anyone anxiety. Mm -hmm. There's so much expectation wrapped up in that appointment that you're going to deliver this thing that no one else has been able to deliver for them. And that is education. That is a attainable goal plan. Mm -hmm. Because oftentimes that, that same client is a client that has not been to the salon in <laughs> 12 24, Plus. 36 months. So you are in a corrective phase, but you're able to give them a game plan and the tools to work through that game plan to get to where they want to go. That's what they're looking for. Absolutely. And so when a client typically sits down in our chair and decides they know more than we do, it's because of fear. It's because of bad experiences. It's because of the need to take charge and say, I don't trust that you know what you know because I've had so many bad experiences and that I need to make myself heard in order to hopefully, prayerfully, good gracious, get the thing that I am looking for and get the thing I'm paying for. Absolutely, because they have been through it, heard it. I mean, I've heard of clients getting on planes, going to get hairstyles or getting their hair done and then it still isn't quite up to the expectation that they were anticipating for. And not because their and hair... It wasn't because of their hair. It wasn't because of their hair. Like the, and, and maybe they didn't do great research on the person before they booked this flight to go somewhere two and three hours on a plane. But there's so much that comes with that. And there's so much that's expected of that. Um, and it is a lot of energy that goes into mm -hmm. all of this um, to make it happen, to make it work. So two things I want to say before I leave. Clients, like simmer your expectations. I mean, simmer them. <laughs> Down. Down. Um, know where you are. Like, be realistic and be open. Stylist, my message to you, do what you say you're going to do. And if you don't have the tools necessary to do that thing, if you cannot deliver on that thing, there are classes that you can take that people are given education to help you along the way. Because we have education for the tight curly community because, I mean, I'm going to be honest. I've seen some stuff. Yeah, yeah, seen some stuff. And I just really have to say to clients, clients, know what you're bringing into the salon. No. On your own head. <laughs> but also do your due diligence mm. in finding a new stylist. Look at their portfolio. Look at their website. If they don't have a website, a stylist is to you too. If you don't have a website, you don't exist. Look at their website. Look at their Instagram. See, make sure there is some, somebody, some people, numerous people that look like you, that have hair like yours, that have the results that you are seeking. Yes, Lord. And then professionals, <laughs> if this is the clientele that you want to work with, make sure that you have representation of that clientele on your outlets and that if it's something that you are not confident in or that cannot deliver on the healthiest of hair or even the medium healthy hair, again, we're not expecting you to do magic on hair that is in a corrective phase. But if you cannot deliver, like Aisha said, make sure that you are either not taking that client and taking them for a ride or that you access the education that is available in order to give the best service 
to the clients who are spending their money with you. Because you only have that one visit to make something happen. And this is something that we go over in the Tight Curl Mastery Workshop as well, talking about how you have to impress that client on that first visit. This is your only chance. And you have to keep that in mind when she comes to sit in your chair. Do you want her to come back? Do you want her to come back? And she might not, she may be ready, she might not be ready, but you have to understand her expectations and you have to really give her a realistic, like diagnostic of whether you can achieve them or not. Because we tell the consumers all the time, working with a stylist is a relationship. Mm -hmm. So sometimes that first appointment won't, won't be as dope as they want it to be. But when they receive that education and when they receive that plan, and they're able to actually build that relationship with you, they stick with you. If you're willing to do the work, oftentimes they're willing to do the work. And so being able to build that relationship and being able to be that resource is going to be so very important. So we understand that sometimes clients want to act like they know more than we do. And sometimes they do. But then that means that's our job as stylists to get educated, to get understanding, and to do the work.